Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to dive right on into another episode of Queer's Folk. Yeah, we are um, up to episode 109. Woo! And this was a good episode, but it's a hard to watch episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was a lot going on. It yeah. Was, it was a lot. Well, it's heavy. Um, and it really kind of gives us an insight into some things. And I feel like it's a very timely episode uh, because... We've been going along. We've kind of gotten to a rhythm with some of these characters, but mm-hmm. I think we needed to see another layer, you know, exactly. The, of the, them. In this episode, the dynamics changed uh, yeah. a little. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the main characters always in the forefront kind of like took a back burner and had a, a, a heavier story where yeah. some of the other characters who are not shined upon so much got to actually get that forefront and that shine. Yeah, it wasn't like just Flash in this right. one. Yeah, there was a lot of depth. And we've been slowly leading up to that, you know, uh-huh. what we saw with... Justin being outed to his father and, mm-hmm. and the, you know, uh, just kind of the heaviness of that. And so, like, slowly we've been working up toward this. And so we finally get to one that's, like, very, right. very heavy. But still has some light moments in it because exactly. that's what Queer's Folk does. It does. Um, it, so it, it, They do a really good job. Excuse me. Sorry to interrupt. No. But I think they do a really good job of giving you some fluff, which is the light. Mm-hmm. But then also sliding in those real topics and issues. Yeah. You know, um, so they, they do a really good job at doing an yeah. equal balance of both. Yeah. It never gets, like too emotional mm-hmm. and too you know dark and heavy but it never gets too fantastical right too just kind of mm-hmm. crazy yeah okay so this one starts out with Emmett who we love Ooh, and <laughs> yeah. doesn't it start out with uh, Emmett I hope you know I hope Michael is not home because Emmett Cook is not in his bedroom. <laughs> Absolutely not. But you know what? I think Emmett is the type of person where he wouldn't mind giving a little show because he was living his best life in this opening scene here. That's true. Yeah. And it was the first time we got to see Emmett in a different light as well. Yeah. Because he's um he was in the nude yeah. to start off. And we never see Emmett in that light. He's always completely covered from hats, scarves, I mean long sleeves, shirts, pants. Very colorful, but... <laughs> you know, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I didn't think about that before, but Emmett's clothing and his accessories are an extension of his personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he is this big Nelly bottom and his clothes kind of point to that, <laughs> the more effeminate side of him. And so, uh-huh. yeah, to see him n- naked here and without that, uh, especially with what we find out with what all's going on in this scene, um, it kind of makes sense that we see him just... In the nude. <laughs> exactly. And also, this is the first time we see Emmett uh, in a sexual way. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and to see him sitting at the computer in the living room, living his best life, him and Angela <laughs> going at it. I mean, it, it was something different. Hell, I loved it. I was here for it. Yeah. So uh, his um, Emmett is in a very early, I guess. 2000s version of uh, like a, a chat room or you know some some kind of hookup site like throwback yeah <laughs> early version of Grinder or something <laughs> I don't know uh, and his name is uh, what is it like Pit Nine by Six and he's chatting with Use My Whole Twenty Seven <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah so that's what they're doing yeah absolutely and um because he has created this whole fantasy 
And I mean, he's really going for it. I yeah. Mean, all the well, way. Because Emmett is um, presenting himself as a power top <laughs> in this uh, <laughs> in this little conversation, in this arrangement that he's a part of. So and so along with that, the guy who he's chatting with says, well, hey, let's do this for real sometime. And Emmett's like, mm, exit. <laughs> yeah. Because how do you live up to this whole fantasy that you just right. created? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, um, I can't have you see the real me because it's totally not who I've been representing myself all. to be. I mean, uh, what do you want me to do? Bend it over, drop it like it's hot? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then uh, the next scene, we are at Woody's with Emmett, Ted, Michael, and Brian. And, um, you know, they're playing pool. And then mm-hmm. Michael tells them that he needs to leave because he has to go see David. And um, Brian is always shady. <laughs> yeah, well, he asks well, why can't he come here? And um, Michael says, because he doesn't like my friends. And Ted slips in, well, I don't like your friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, talking about Brian, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Brian brings up is it's kind of an interesting point because it could look like meddling, but um, now, what? I don't, I don't feel that it was meddling at all. I really feel, I mean, Brian always going to have a little shade to him, period, because that's right. Brian Kenny. His yeah. truth packs a punch. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> But at the same time, I mean, what he said was the truth. You know, when are you going to meet his friends? Or why haven't you met his friends? And I mean, he met all of them. Right. And if this is something serious, I mean, Michael is leaving the group. I mean, he's always talking about David. Why doesn't he know the friends? Yeah. Well, and there comes a point in every new relationship where, you know, first there's that honeymoon phase where Mm -hmm. it's just the two of us and we're kind of all about each other, learning everything about each other. But then at some point, you start bringing like you want to see how they are around their friends and mm-hmm. you want them to see your friend, you know, your world. And so I think even if Brian is being very Brian about the fact that he brought it up and the way he brought it up, it is a good thing, a good conversation that Michael and David need to have. Mm-hmm. And they put it on his mind. Yeah. It, it, really did. it gave him something to think about. And something that he could actually address to Dr. David. Yeah. So as they're hanging out um, and having that conversation, Justin shows up. (laughs) And And I'm still like, how the hell is this boy getting into these bars? I mean, they got the best fake ID I have ever had Yeah. Well, yeah. He says he bought one a couple episodes ago. He bought it. He had to buy a new one. But yeah, these people are like legit on this fake ID. Um, but he shows up and I love that he comes in, comes over to them and he's got this beer in his hand and Emmett goes and takes it from him. And he's like, no, no, baby. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Big brother Emmett coming in. <laughs> but that, that's love. And that shows that they actually care for him because if they didn't care for him, I mean, no one would give a damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do drugs, drink, mm-hmm. whatever you want to do. Yeah. I do think Emmett has definitely taken notice of him, but even Emmett has started to like, like him and, mm-hmm. You know, kind of accept him in some way. So, yeah. Um, but I just kind of like that. And uh, he and Brian are going back and forth. And Brian's like, shouldn't you be at home doing your homework at school night? And um, Justin's like, well, you're here. <laughs> he says, and I'm an adult. Yeah, he's like, barely. barely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Loved it. Um, yeah, I just love everything about them and Justin's little rebellious nature there. It's very cute. As he walks um, out with the condom in his mouth. Yeah, he's going to have his own fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, of course, Michael has to get something in here, get a lick in. He's like, what is this, adopt a trick? Uh, he went from a one-night stand, and now he's moved in. And Brian just says, you know, well, of course, he's staying there until I figure out what to do with mm-hmm. him, basically. Uh, so Which is, that's um, a, a 
admirable of mm-hmm. um of Brian. Yeah. He don't he does not have to take this um this kid in. He does not. Yeah. It was a one-time fling supposedly allegedly. Yeah. And it became this big ordeal. So I mean, we already yeah. getting to see different layers of Brian right there. That's true. Uh so we move on and Ted and Emmett are leaving and Emmett is telling Ted about his cyber guy and he says well I can't meet him because it's all over because I can't meet him and I can't meet him because I'm nothing like my profile so this is like early catfishing <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah he says I can't agree to meet up with the guy and um Ted says well did you ever consider telling him the truth and then which is funny let me just say this it's funny that Ted is saying that because have I you knew- ever considered telling Michael the truth Ted? I knew he was gonna go there I knew he was gonna go there <laughs> yes and also, I was about to touch on uh, a little bit of it, too. Do you think it has something to do with, like, closet people? Because you live a double life when you're in the closet, you know? Uh-huh. Your people that's closest to you would have no idea that mm-hmm. you actually like the same sex or you like this type of, you know, experimentation, yeah. things like that. You create this fantasy for people to see, yeah. but they really never they never really get a really insight of who you really are. Same thing with the computer. Um, Emmett created that whole right. fantasy. He's that nine by six, which is amazing, by the way. Uh, <laughs> sorry, my mind's in the gutter. Mind's in the gutter. But he created this whole fantasy and mm-hmm. in hopes that no one would actually ever get to see it. You know, right. you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it's like the you get what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Well, he gets he gets to pretend to be something. Exactly. But without actually having to deal with what it's really like to exactly. be that person. Yeah. And the same thing uh, with Ted. Because he'll get to be around Michael. We all know that he likes Michael. Michael knows that Ted likes him. But Ted would never come out and say it. Yeah. No. No, no. And here's the thing. um, And I'll go into it more a little bit later. But you can look at this storyline with Emmett and just be like, this is just a bunch of fantastical mess. But really, what it is, it's more relatable than you think. Because it's just, I think all of us have parts of our personality that are more recessive Mm -hmm. and so they don't come out as much Mm -hmm. and so this is just that recessive part kind Mm -hmm. of rising up Mm -hmm. in Emmett and so but done in a very Emmett way (laughs) and he needs it Uh, yeah he he does well you've got to find outlets for Mm -hmm. these other parts of yourself that Mm -hmm. maybe they're not your more dominant or your more normal disposition Mm -hmm. but they're still in you Mm -hmm. um and you gotta find an outlet for it Emmett found his on in this chat room. Right. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So after that, we go to Melanie and Lindsay's house and poor little Gus is sick. Mm. Uh, and so Lindsay's kind of panicking, but Melanie... I love this scene. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. She came in she, like a, a true boss. Mm-hmm. She smoothed everything over. She cooled, um, calmed Mel down. I mean, mm-hmm. Lindsay down. Made the whole situation just calm. Yeah. And, and got it taken care of. Yeah. She's like, way. here's what we're going to do. Yeah. You you get the keys. I'll get the blanket. Let's go. Yeah. Because um, you got to have somebody that's in control. You know, that's, you know, because Lynn's scared. Yeah. Freaking out a little bit. Low yeah. And, you know, new moms, mm-hmm. first baby. This happens. Like, most of the time they're going to tell you, take a Tylenol <laughs> or right. something like that. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, for new parents, they this is, you know, normal to freak out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Melanie does well, considering. Um, so, at the loft, Justin's on the phone. He's doing his homework, but he's also talking to his mom on the phone. And he tells her that Brian's home and Jennifer says to tell Brian hi. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> that was cute to me. Yeah. She's here for him, you know? Yeah. And it seems like Justin is coming around. Yeah. And clearly he wants to go home, but he just can't. Right. You know, and he's not going to compromise himself just for someone else. Which you know? is such a huge thing and something to applaud. And I think we don't want to forget how big of a deal that is, you mm-hmm. know? Like, um, I know a lot of people, you know, talk about, you know, might say something about just being bratty or being young or whatever. And it's like, but you can get lost in that and um, not appreciate just how big and important no. what he's doing is. You exactly. Know? Just I mean, saying, I'm, no, this is who I am and I have to be true to who I am. And if that means I can't come home and I've got to take the chance that Brian's in a good enough mood to let me sleep on the couch that night, you know? Exactly. This is um, Justin's defining moment. This is from child to man. Yeah. He's literally making those strong decisions mm-hmm. of taking control of his life. This yeah. is what I'm going to do. You can either ride with me, you know, or, yeah. you know, I see you in a dust type mm-hmm. type of deal, you know, mm-hmm. like he's not going to compromise himself to make anyone else feel good. He's not hurting anyone. This is my life. I will love you guys to be on the ride with me. But I mean, if yeah. you can't make it, you can't make it. Right. You know? And I hate when people just label. I mean, Justin is bratty at times. Yeah, that's part of his personality. Yeah. Because but also, he's, young, he's but 17. Yeah. yeah. But he, as a 17 year old, he has so much strength and power. Right. I mean, because look at, you know, I don't want to just shade Michael, but look at Michael, who's 30, who mm-hmm. in some situations has no backbone and None. cannot stand up, you know, for who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a very impressive thing that he's having, um, you know, just how brave he is. He's it's extremely very brave. That's a good, good term to describe yeah. him. Good adjective. Yeah. He's very brave. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, with that conversation, you can tell that she's asking Justin to come back home and saying that he's. He, she misses him and Justin is saying, yeah, I want to come home. I miss you too. But is he dad still? Exactly. Yeah. Well, he mm-hmm. asks, um, does dad ask about me? Um, is he still upset? Mm-hmm. Can you talk to him? Try to make him understand. And so it's clear that Craig is the one yeah. who's making it where Justin can't. Absolutely. And it's not going to change. Not for a long time. It's going to take some years for them to build a relationship, I think. Yeah, I feel. It, it could be. If, yeah, if ever, um, mm-hmm. just depending on how close-minded Craig wants to continue to be. Absolutely. But this is ghost Craig, because as you know, Craig is dead to me. Yeah, so. <laughs> He's going to be dead uh, to his wife, too, if he keeps this up. Yeah, well, so Brian hears this conversation, and he hears Justin asking about his dad, after he hangs up, you know, Brian's, Justin's kind of sad because he his sister was there, his mom's there. I mean, that's been his life. You that's know. his family. Right, yeah. exactly. And um, Brian tells him, you know, your father was terrible to you. He's a jerk. You should just be done with him and move on. And Justin says, yeah, but he's still my dad. Could you yeah. just forget about yours? And Brian says, well, I yeah. already did. Mm-hmm. And Justin's like, well, you don't see him or talk to him at all. And um, Brian says, we don't have a special bond just because, you know, he got my mom pregnant. He's already served his purpose. I've moved on from him. And Justin says, I can never feel that way about my dad. And so despite everything that's happened in the past just couple of weeks, Justin's like, I still love him. That's still mm-hmm. my dad. I still want to have a relationship mm-hmm. with him. Um, and then Brian says, well, then you'll always be hurt. Mm-hmm. That's like, as long as you keep expecting him to change or him to be involved or him to love you the way you think he should. Mm-hmm. You're leaving yourself open to be hurt. And I'm glad he said that because it shows you insight on Brian. Mm-hmm. Clearly he has been hurt in the past yeah. and it made him be really guarded. Yeah. And, and that's what he projects onto others. He projects his life onto others. 
And then this whole conversation, it literally just shows um, the innocence and the vulnerability of Justin. Yeah. No matter what his father has done, tried to kill um, Brian, yeah. um, kicked him out of the house, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, went crazy, showed up and embarrassed him in front of his friends right. um, outside of the nightclub. I mean, things like that. But he's still willing to give him another chance. Yeah. He still wants that relationship, that love. So it just shows that how innocent and how vulnerable he is and how he hasn't really experienced any true hurt to make him want to close off. Right. And, you know. This is the first real deep hurt mm-hmm. that he's experienced. And it is very deep and mm-hmm. very real. But, you know, speaking to kind of um, what Brian says about this. It takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there to risk being disappointed and Absolutely. being hurt and being rejected. That takes an extreme amount of courage. Because nobody wants to be rejected. No. And that's something that Justin still has right now. And some of that comes from up until this point, he's probably had a solid foundation with his uh-huh. family. He's known that he's loved. He's known that he belongs and that he was um, you know, kind of embraced by his family. But now this thing has happened. But still, he can't deny this history that he's had with his father where it was like up to this point, even though he wasn't perfect, because we've talked about that in the past. Like Craig is clearly out of touch with his family and what's mm-hmm. going on in his house. But still, they had some type of relationship. Exactly. And, um, you know, Justin still wants to maintain some of that. And I'm sure for Justin, it's like, how can you throw away all of those years and just completely throw me away? And, you know, yeah, and, and not even just all those years. Like I'm your son. Yeah. No matter what my sexual preference is, I am a part of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we share the same DNA. And how can you just toss me out like trash? Because now you know what I'm attracted to. Yeah. You know? And like you said, it comes down to that foundation. He loves his parents. He yeah. does. He just wants the same, you know, the reciprocation of love that he gives them to him. Yeah. And it's like, I'm still Justin, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm still the one that has, you know, been in your home for the past 17 years. Like I'm still him. Now you just know who I'm sleeping with. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which, That's what I'm trying to tell my to, friends. Well, you don't need to get into those details with your parents anyway. So mm-hmm. Craig shouldn't care about that. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, I know we're moving on, but before we move on, that's what I have to tell my friends. You know, I lost a ton of friends coming out, you know, wow. and it was a big enough hard, a hardest decision that I ever had to make anyway. So it was a huge decision. Yeah. But to actually go out and tell people, I never changed up. Mm-hmm. I have never like come on to my friends, any of that mess. Yeah. So I've never changed up. The only difference is now, you know what I'm attracted to. And I lost so many. Yeah, you know, I lost so sad. many friends. So, I mean, it's just crazy when you disclose your preference to people. Yeah. You'll see who's really there for you and who really isn't. Yeah. That's why Brian never opens himself for love. Exactly. And he's always so dismissive. Mm-hmm. Gets what he needs because it's mandatory, but he's done. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, oh. like, I don't make any allowance mm-hmm. for any type of relationship or any type of feelings to be involved. He doesn't want to risk the hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we should tell him to his face. He might be a little late on that deal. Mm. But <laughs> but anyway. Um, okay, so after the loft, we go over to Dr. David's. And Michael and Dr. David are getting ready for bed. And Michael's looking at a picture. And he mm-hmm. sees some of David's friends. And so mm-hmm. he's asking, like, who are these people? And David's telling him. Mm-hmm. And then Michael says, well, how come I don't know any of them? And David's like, oh, well, I just yeah. didn't think about it, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Uh, it's fairly new relationship, but he just didn't think about it. He wasn't weird about it at all. He no, was, he was very open. Yeah. Shooting back to a couple episodes ago when um, David confronted Brian in, in Babylon, mm-hmm. let him know that I'm here to stay. I'm going to fight for mine. Yeah. So, I mean, he really cares about Michael. 
you know, I think he's just taking his time and making Michael feel comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, and then he's, you know, he's excited about the relationship. And then he is very, like, some people like built for relationships. Mm-hmm. And Dr. David is that. And so that's been his primary focus is just being in this relationship with Michael. And so he just hasn't really considered, right. oh, you haven't met my friends. Um, I don't think he, he was trying to hide him. And I say that because he was so willing to just put something together so that uh, Michael could meet his friends, you know? Absolutely. Um, Michael says, well, I'm starting to feel like you're a little secret. And he says it like he's joking, but you mm-hmm. know he's not joking because mm-hmm. he is wondering why Ooh, haven't yeah. I been mm-hmm. pulled into that part of your life? So David proposes the idea of a dinner party so that Michael can meet everybody. But And he's very cooperative. Like, if hey, you want to meet him? Sure, let's schedule something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After that, uh, Emmett's at home and... Um, He's deciding to delete his uh, profile because he's like, this guy wants to meet me and that's not who I am. And so I'm going to be done with this. I'm just going to delete it. And that is when the guy Yo, comes to life. Get the hell out of me. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Emmett's fixing to get like raped by this gorgeous, beautiful Hispanic looking up. man. Yeah. Like, who is this Italian Hispanic? I don't know what he was, but he was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh just showed up out of nowhere. Um, and we find out that he's Emmett's profile. So basically, he's Emmett's alter ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they talk Nine a little by bit. Six. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Uncut. Uncut. Yeah. Mm. Uh, And uh, so they have a little talk. He's telling, uh, ultimately, he tells, uh, Emmett tells him that I'm not you. I'm not like you. And the guy says, but I came from somewhere, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Basically hinting at. I am you. Yeah. There is some part of you Mm -hmm. that does identify with me. Yeah. Because you created me from something. Yeah. Okay. The other thing is that. It tells us that as secure as Emmett is and as he feels in his lifestyle and his personality, there's a part of him that contradicts what he puts on display all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he accepts uh, his disposition and he leans heavily, heavily into that, just kind of like the quirks of his personality and that he is more effeminate. So he does accept that and lean into it. But that doesn't mean that there's, like you said, not a part of him mm-hmm. that that is different and that does contradict that or and that does want to be different so i think that it's relatable because even in you know your friend group you usually have a person who like they're the funny one they're Mm -hmm. the smart one they're Mm -hmm. the quiet one the outgoing one and so we get these labels put on us and so it's like okay well i've been labeled as the funny one but like i want to be taken seriously i want people to value my opinion and know that they can you know i can have words of wisdom sometimes so um i do think it's a relatable Mm -hmm. thing absolutely I think even TV is full of that. Like we see TV shows or movies where there's a jock who wants to be in the drama club or uh, there's the tomboyish girl who wants to Mm -hmm. date this guy and wear a pink pretty dress to prom. Yeah, always. Yeah, we see that everywhere. Uh, So after Emmett's um, guy comes to life and that whole scene, we go to the ER and uh, where Mel and Lindsay have taken Gus and... A nurse comes out to, you know, kind of triage them mm-hmm. and get them where they need to be. And he's asking, okay, well, who's the baby's mother? Right. Um, and Lindsay says, well, I am, but mm-hmm. we're raising him together. And he's like, well, we can only send the biological parent back. He's just doing his job, basically. Like, yeah, I mean. This is what the rule says. Here's this, He's doing his job. Lindsay's getting ready to fight. And Mel right. says, just no, take go. him. Like, what mm-hmm. matters is that Gus is okay. So just mm-hmm. grab him and take him. But while that's going on, the lady working the desk 
I guess has some opinions about Melanie and Lindsay, yeah, mm-hmm. being together. So when Melanie notices that Lindsay forgot to take Gus's blanket back, mm-hmm. uh, she asks Lay like, "Hey, can I take this to her?" And then she's like, "Look, Miss, or whatever you are, it's just uh, totally nasty and very, disgusting yes. and uncalled for." She tries to just wave Melanie off like, "You're not important because you're not the baby's mom, and I'm disgusted by your lifestyle." Right. And Brian comes up as this is happening. Well, as Melanie is kind of reading her the riot act uh-huh. and telling her, oh, I'm not his mom. Well, I do all of these things for him. You know, I raise him. I take care of him. Mm-hmm. You know, all this stuff. And Brian comes up and is like, what is going on? And Melanie tells him that, well, they won't let me go back because I'm not his mother. Apparently, I'm not anything. Right. <laughs> you know? And the nurse comes over and Melanie says, well, hey, this is the father can he go and what's crazy is like they just had to say he's the father and they, they let him no go yeah they didn't nothing. ask for any paperwork mm-hmm. a birth certificate or anything but they nothing. asked melanie for adoption papers yeah. and it's just like well yeah small-minded people mm-hmm. and small-minded policies said, i'm the aunt and i have to go you know? yeah uh-huh she's like, gonna say sister, sis- that's my sister yeah, or uh-huh. anything um but it, it shouldn't even be the case that she had to lie yeah. but it's just you know it's one of those cases where um, the law is behind the times and behind the people. So true, and I, it's still like that though. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it is. It needs to something needs to change. Yeah. Uh, so Brian does go back with her because uh, again, Melanie is just like, what's important is that Gus gets the care and attention that he needs, mm-hmm. and so she's like, take the blanket, go back there. And that was the first time we saw them work together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They because really... they put, when they put the baby first uh-huh. and not their own junk, right. when they put the baby first, they can agree mm-hmm. and move forward. Um, so after the ER, we're at the gym and Brian is telling us that Gus is a little drama queen because apparently <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> so then Michael is telling them that there he's, he talked to Dr. David and they're going to have this dinner party where he's going to meet his friends. Well, now Michael is freaking out because he's like, I'm not going to fit in. It's like, Michael, you brought this up. Okay? <laughs> like, it's your fault. We're having this dinner party. You brought this up. Yes, so sometimey. <laughs> yeah. I love Michael, but he can drive me insane sometimes. Yeah. I don't like the like, indecisiveness. At first, at first, you were like, he's not letting me meet his friends. I'm his dirty little secret. Now it's like, oh my gosh, he's letting me meet his friends. I'm not going to fit in. Yeah, Which one do you I'm want? Do. Yeah, come <laughs> on, get it together. Yeah. Um, so as they're talking about that, uh, Emmett is there in his alter ego standing over his shoulder and he's making him like actually work out for a change. Mm-hmm. And the other guys notice that. <laughs> so. He was in there getting it too, wasn't he? Not? Yeah. Because normally he's in there looking for the eye candy. Yeah. He's in there just kind of posing, you know, but yeah, he's actually working out this time. So back at Melanie and Lindsay's house, I guess they've finally gotten Gus to lay down and He's resting, and so Mel is there, and she's having this talk with Lindsay, and the example that she uses is that um, if you ever forget you're a Jew, a non-Jew will remind remind you. you. And, you know, she's, of course, thinking about what happened at the hospital, Mm -hmm. and she says that I forgot that I was different. And I think that that can happen because sometimes mm-hmm. you tend to gravitate to an area that's going to be more accepting of you. Right. And so everybody around you kind of lives like you, looks like you, walks like you and talks like you. And then when you go back outside, yeah, outside mm-hmm. of that, you forget that, oh, it's a whole different culture. Exactly. World. So then she says, 
they had a right to do what they did at the hospital, but we have rights too. Mm-hmm. And then she says, well, we need to talk to Brian. And there's a look on Lindsay's face and she looks very torn because right. she's like, yeah, I know we do, but I'm not looking forward to that conversation. And this just burns me up. I mean, yeah. it really does. I'm not going to be negative, but, <laughs> but this is what burns me up though. Yes. It's a difficult conversation to have, but you have to, it's a time when you're going to, you have to choose where you're going to, you know, who yeah. are you riding for? Yeah. Yes. Brian is your friend. Y'all have history. We get that. It, we've talked about that. Uh, they mentioned that they had talked about doing this beforehand, but they just didn't do it. That's bad on all of them. It should have been done before the baby was born. Exactly. Yeah. It's almost like you hear tons of stories of how someone's going to give the child up for adoption. Uh-huh. And then when the baby comes... Oh no! I know one child. of those stories that happened a year ago. So <laughs> see? yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. exactly. So, so all that paperwork and all those details should have been listen, on paper, notarized. We said signed. this in I think the first episode. Get your paperwork right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like absolutely. This is on them because they should have got their paperwork right. Okay, so they decide they're going to have this talk with him. So then we go over to the loft and we're having this fun little uh, crash etiquette course. And I love this. I love the guys kind of showing up for Michael in this moment. Because, you know, they've been at the gym. That means Mm -hmm. they had to have a conversation. Okay, we're all going to meet up at Brian's. We're going to set up the table. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. What I loved about this scene is the person you would, you know, least expect yeah. It's leading them all. Exactly. Justin shows up and shows out. Right. Because this is like in Justin's DNA. It's his world. Yeah. He knows mm-hmm. exactly Yeah, what should be done. He's, he's from that country club world, you know. Uh, so he's got all the pointers, all the tips mm-hmm. <laughs> what, on what to do. Showed out. Showed yeah. up and showed out. Yeah. It's sitting there looking beautiful in his. Um... <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah. Uh, but also that points to kind of an interesting thing with him and Brian. Like. It just shows in another way how even though he's young, he is still can still kind of be on Brian's level, yeah. you know, because he could easily go to a, a high end dinner. Right. And know exactly As how Brian's to carry partner himself. Yeah. And yeah, not embarrassed either exactly. one of them. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can already tell that he's educated. He goes to a very a, a private school. Yeah. Um, and he comes from a good family. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he he's definitely a prize on your arm. Yeah. So he's not just some silly little, you know, right. little, little teenager. Right, little ditzy airhead. Mm-hmm. Teen- yeah. Well, and it kind of looks like, can't say for sure, but you can, well, you can, one side of this, you know, for sure. Well, you will. But uh, the other side, Justin, you can kind of assume that he comes from old money, mm-hmm. you know, and Brian is probably more new money. He is. It's and, self-made. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's self-made and new money, but also how, you know, in some ways where there's, aspects of that that Justin kind of already knows about. So some things mm-hmm. that he can kind of, you know, educate Brian in. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so I just, that little, that's not something they emphasize there, but Wait, you pick say, up on that. Because I didn't pick that up, but now that you say it, I can definitely see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, just, oh, there's so much little, like, little subtle stuff in, <laughs> in this is. show. It really is. That makes it so podcast worthy. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um... They are, yeah, helping uh, Michael bless his heart because he needs all the help he can get to prepare for this dinner. Uh, But then we go back to Melanie and Lindsay's house and Brian has brought Justin along for this, for this. Now he doesn't know what they're getting into just yet. So we'll come back to that. I mean, there's two things with that though. Um, 
For one, I love that Brian brought Justin. I know. Absolutely okay. love it. Mm-hmm. Love I love it. any time that they are doing anything remotely coupley. <laughs> Their chemistry. I wish Brian could see it. I know. Their chemistry is fire. It's yeah. natural. Effortless. It is insane. Yeah. And, Off um, the charts. I think he doesn't notice it. See, what I think is like, because Brian's never been a boyfriend or had a boyfriend, mm-hmm. he doesn't really know exactly what boyfriends do. And so he doesn't recognize that he, he is do doing boyfriends. things that boyfriends do. Because mm-hmm. he is in a, they're in a he situation. He's in a whole situation. Yeah. The entanglement. <laughs> yes, they are in an entanglement. Uh, Keep going. So then um, they bring up the, the incident that happened at the hospital in. Brian says, you know, that was messed up. He takes Melanie's side and she looks kind of shocked. And then she says, oh, thank you. Like, she couldn't believe that he would mm-hmm. stand up for her. Um, so Lindsay tries to get Br- Justin to leave the room. He's like, would you like some ice cream? He's like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's staying. Yeah. And then they're both just being extra sweet, extra nice. Mm-hmm. And Brian's like, something's up. What's going on here? You can smell it. Yeah. <laughs> And Lindsay tells him that Melanie wants to petition for second parent adoption. And you can tell just everything in Brian's body language that he's affected by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like his face. And then even the way he's holding us, he kind of turns away from them, like tucking us Mm -hmm. safely into his side. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let anyone take him away from me. Um, And so I just love that, you know, those subtle moments. Yeah. Those subtle Uh moments and how we see, like, even though he may not see himself as a father, he wasn't supposed to be a father. He still takes on yeah. those fatherly mm-hmm. roles with Gus. And the as best as he can. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So Justin is asking Lindsay, well, what does that mean? How do and you get the, um, uh, what is it? Second the, parent? The, yeah. The, the second parent adoption. And uh-huh. she says, well, in order to do that, Brian would have to basically relinquish his parental rights. Right. And Justin cannot believe that. And he's like, no way. Um, he's Gus's dad and uh-huh. Lindsay says well, we're not trying to take that from him we're just trying to do this paperwork to you know she tries to smooth it over mm-hmm. and Justin's not having it <laughs> yeah. at all which is the truth he is Gus's dad but at the same time Justin before there was a, before there, you were even in this equation right. they planned on having a child and Brian knew going into it this is Lindsay and Melanie's child yeah. Melanie's child Yeah, you know like Bag bag. Yeah. I mean, I love that Justin is Yeah, very mad strong respect on it. for Justin yeah. standing up for Gus, but mm-hmm. also for Brian in this mm-hmm. situation. Mad respect, but also like there's a lot more to this picture. Exactly. Like Justin's like too close to it because his situation with Craig is so yes. new. He's too close to it. He can't really see the bigger picture here mm-hmm. and what all is involved and how this is a totally different situation. Um, but yeah, mad respect to him. I mean, yeah, for, definitely mad respect, but he have to stay in his lane. Yeah. And well, Lindsay, you know, tries to soften the blow by telling Brian, you'll always be a part of his life. Like you'll always, like we'll always be a part of each other's. But I think that Brian wants a direct link to his son and mm-hmm. not just as Lindsay's friend. Right. You know, like he wants a direct. He wants know, the father role. Yeah. But he's. The scene before, he tried to get Michael to show up when the baby was sick. <laughs> right. It's so. almost a little selfish. You want the cake and ice cream and eat it yeah, too. Yeah. You can't have it all, Brian. Yeah. And so I understand, like, this is just a quagmire. You know, this is very tricky situation. Um, and so I understand all parts of it. Yes, there is a right 
thing here. Mm-hmm. But I do understand this situation from Justin's point of view, from Brian's, from Lindsay's, but probably most importantly from Melanie's. Right. I understand everything, you know, all the dynamics of this situation. And so Brian says, well, you don't have to convince me. Just tell me where to sign. And Justin, again, is like, I can't believe that you go through with this. Because uh, you have to look at Justin's situation. He is a son whose father has just rejected him. Right. And so he knows what that feels like. And he's mm-hmm. like, why would you subject Gus to that? Like, I can't believe you would want him to have to experience that. But mm-hmm. also, you're not a monster. Like, Brian, you know, you're not. And so I can't believe that you would even consider doing that. Right. And I- I'm glad he said that because at least it put it on Brian's mind. Because right. Brian's going to do what Brian wants to do mm-hmm. no matter what. So, mm-hmm. um, but at least he gave him something to think about. Yeah. Know? And Melanie is trying to shush Justin, yeah. like telling him like, Justin, you know, trying to like stay out of it. This isn't your place to speak here. Which it really wasn't. It, no, it really wasn't. But I do. I respect it. I do. Yeah. So I respect what Melanie is saying, but I also respect what Justin is saying. No, I'm saying I respect Justin mm-hmm. because he's comfortable enough to even, you know, insert himself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because he's like. Outside of just the paperwork of how this works, like he's thinking about it mm-hmm. as a person who's experienced um, rejection from an abandonment per- from mm-hmm. a father. Yeah. So um, maybe in the grander scheme of things, he might not be considering that part, but he's right. thinking about the emotional impact of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so Brian says, well, he'll be better off. And so he reveals kind of what he thinks about himself that Gus is better off having no part of my life you know like like not having me being involved as his father and just as like you can't do it you can't do this brian tells him to stay out of it and then he says but you're his father and brian says that i'm teaching him a lesson don't count on your old man Mm. and then they show hurt me baby gus's face and there's like that's a lesson that a kid a a baby should never have to learn yeah yeah um and so it's just kind of it's like, why is Brian saying mm-hmm. that? You know, what is that coming from? Yeah, it was some insight to his heart. Yeah. But I do think that Brian believes that he is protecting Gus. And then after that, we look at the girls and Melanie is happy because this is what she wanted. She wanted a family. She wanted a mm-hmm. child with her long-term partner. And so she's like, okay, good. This is finally, uh-huh. you know, working out the celebrate. way that we planned. planned. And the Lindsay... She kind of looks sad about it. I think that she knows it's the right thing to do, but she wants Brian to put up a fight, I Mm -hmm. think. You know, or I think she might be a little sad or disappointed that he doesn't do that. And it can go from, she's been knowing Brian, well, in my opinion, she's been knowing Brian for such a long time. She wants to see some growth, some change. Yeah. This is not just a boy toy. This is a child. This is a life. Well, she wants to see you express the thing that she can tell that you feel. Right. You know, uh, Justin picked up on it. She's picked up on it. Um, Melanie probably picked up on it, but she doesn't want to pick up on right. it. Right. Well, that's wants... why she's pushing them papers out yeah, there because she picked up okay, on it. Quick. Yeah. She's like, let's hurry up and get this mess signed. Yeah. Uh, but um, so, yeah, we talked about how Justin is looking at this as a son whose father has pushed him away and rejected him. And he doesn't want Gus to go through that. And so he can't even what he knows of Brian, even though he's starting to see more of the rough edges of Brian, you know, that first night. He saw one thing, but now he's, mm-hmm. because Brian realizes that he exposed that to Justin, now he's making sure Justin sees those rough edges. And so even with Justin seeing that, he can't believe that Brian would would just so easily 
you know, let go. Let go. Uh, but yeah, just sticky situation. Uh, that should not have been a situation because uh, they should have never. Yeah, we'll come back. It should have been handled in the beginning. Yeah, well, not only that, but you probably should have thought about a different donor. But we'll come yeah. back to that. Yeah, let's look, we'll, we'll <laughs> definitely let's hold that. We'll loop back to that for yeah. sure. Okay, so. Uh, at Babylon, it's Emmett and Ted there, and it's just the two of them, mm-hmm. which is something that we don't get to see very often. Ever. And Emmett is doing the Praise Jesus, and so we're just going to have to like, try that out the next time that we, <laughs> <laughs> we, we go hit the club scene. Girl, I hit that Praise Jesus, okay? <laughs> we Raise them see, up. We're going to have to see if that still plays at the club. <laughs> uh, so Emmett's alter ego is there with them, and he is uh, pushing Emmett to go talk to this guy. And Emmett is nervous, which is not normal for him. Emmett's not Mm-mm. a nervous person, but that's because he's kind of using a part of his personality that doesn't get much exercise. Exactly. Yeah. So back at Dr. David's, Michael arrives for the dinner party and he is greeted by Laura or Dr. Laura. And she seems fun and adorable. Yeah, like a good friend of David. She's very mm-hmm. welcoming to Michael, kind of invites him in and Warm. breaks some of that initial ice there at the door. Um, and then over at the loft, um, this scene was just great to me. I just love the way that it was shot um, with Justin in the back and Brian in the front. So we see Justin's beautiful naked ass. <laughs> and then you see Brian's beautiful face. Well, I also just love the different angles that we're seeing of them, how the camera's behind them. And we see the, the reflection. We're seeing all these different sides of them, you know, seeing them from different angles. And how comfortable and, they are with one another well, as well. Yeah, that too. But also like... because. As Brian's saying one thing, we know that there's a part of him that doesn't really believe what he's saying. Exactly. You know, and so just seeing them in the role, seeing Brian in the role as a father, but also seeing him in the role as a son, seeing Justin in the role as his situation, you know, or, uh, you know, I don't want to use the word boyfriend, but (laughs) I don't have a better word. Right. Uh, So seeing Justin there, but also in a, almost like a, not in a perverted way, but almost Mm -hmm. like a son to Brian, like a protege, like learning from him. Yeah, like a protege teaching. Yeah, like a mentee, like in in Brian's a mentor. And so just seeing all those different angles, like all the different layers of their relationship with each other, like it was just so well done, Mm -hmm. so clever. And there's so, like so much packed in the dialogue there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the way it's shot in that one scene. Yeah, so much packed there. So then they're doing some SAT prep, which is cute that, Brian is helping him uh, study. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is the like shadiest study session ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> Justin like, always going to do yeah, it. Yeah. I guess Justin, Justin's answers to the questions are unconcerned, nonchalant. That's what you are. <laughs> and then uncaring. Oh. Um, because Justin is upset that Brian could just so easily walk away. Now, I think were Brian to explain the whole situation to Justin, like, hey, here are the legalities of it. Here's all of this. He may be. Maybe Justin would see it differently, but but Brian hasn't done that. And so all Justin is seeing is they said, give up Gus. And Brian said, okay, fine. I'll do it. Tell me where to sign. You don't have to convince me. No fight. Yeah. And so that I think is what's, rubbing Justin the wrong way. And that's way. what Justin, Justin wants his dad to fight for him. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, so, I mean, he's just telling Brian, like, no, mm-hmm. you didn't even give up. You didn't even try to fight at mm-hmm. all. You just gave it up. Yeah. And Justin says, well, he'll think that you didn't want him. And Brian says, well, he'll be right. And Justin calls BS. He's mm-hmm. like, no, I don't believe you because I was there the night he mm-hmm. was born. I saw the way you looked at him. Mm-hmm. I saw um, the way you kissed him and just like, right. 
I know that you love him and that you care about him. Brian cuts him off because anytime Justin gets too close to the truth, mm-hmm. you know, Brian's like, uh-uh, can't have that. He's going to back and retract. <laughs> yeah. So he says not everyone's cut out to be a father. Um, and I think, you know, Brian says that to kind of shut Justin up. But even in doing that, he reveals a little bit more of himself because uh-huh. it's not about a lack of love. It's about him feeling like he's unfit to be uh-huh. a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Justin starts shaving his two facial hairs <laughs> on his baby face. Uh, and um, he says, you know, in the middle, as they're talking, he says, a boy needs a father. And uh, then Brian says, well, you haven't had one for two weeks. But I think there's some validity to what Justin is saying. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think he's coming from a, I mean, relatable place. He's trying to tell Brian, listen, let me, I'm telling you now, I have my father, even though he's not there, I yeah. need him just 2%. Yeah. Something. I just need him <laughs> well, something. That, that's what he says. He says that even if he gets angry, even if he isn't always there, it's better to have one than not at all. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Well, then Brian says, well, don't be so sure. And Justin says, well, I'm sure your dad did love you, at least in the way that he knew how. Uh-huh. And then Brian says, well, yeah, especially after he had a few. Um, so insinuating that his father was was a drunk and mm-hmm. um, that he showed it physically. So with violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so it's kind of like, oh, now we get to see a, a little bit into Brian. Brian's background. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think just that even... That he trusted Justin with that information, that mm-hmm. he told him that. Um, I think that has some significance, too, mm-hmm. that he's willing to open up Absolutely. to him and tell him that part. You know, Because it's just been like, oh, I don't care what my parents think. I don't care what they know. They're not mm-hmm. a part of my life. You know, he never really said anything with any weight or depth. Uh, so then Brian leaves as he's going out somewhere and Justin's got to finish doing his studying. But back at David's house... Uh, the party's going on, and <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, an awkward and interesting <laughs> dinner party. It is, and um, I love Michael is just so funny. He overthinks everything. If he just relax and take a breath and just be him, everything would go smooth, but... No, he just overthinks it and overthinks yeah. it. <laughs> Always. Yeah. And then he just, like, is talking without thinking about what he's mm. saying, you know. Um, but he's just rambling. He's just going. Uh-huh, I uh-huh. mean, well, I guess he got really too comfortable. He yeah. didn't realize where he was at, you know? I think so. And so, like, Laura and her husband are really nice and really in- inviting and welcoming. The other two guys, Eddie and Javier. No, they're Eddie, pretentious. Well, yeah. Eddie, like has his moments and he's probably like fake pretentious uh-huh. and Javier definitely is right? <laughs> because those people are way worse mm. than like you know true pretentious people absolutely uh, or people who like legitimately should be pretentious right. I should say um, so they're kind of like um, I guess hating on Michael because he works at the big Q not everybody some mm-hmm. of them don't care but Javier thinks he's above it yeah <laughs> Way above it. But that jogs, that brings Michael to thinking like, hold up, I seen you somewhere. Do you yeah. shop at the Big Q? And he, but he's like, no, he's trying to pinpoint it, pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. But um, he definitely finds it. Yeah. And uh, because Dr. Davis mentioned of shellfish. Oh, my God. <laughs> it helps him remember. He gets a flashback. Hey, I met you. You know what? I met you at the um, white party. They hooked up. 
he gave Michael crabs. <laughs> and he blurts it out. Yeah, which Michael is going to have to do a little better because at this point, we know Michael has had crabs, yes. gonorrhea, and uh, was very close to having anal parasites. Yeah, yeah no, the anal parasites. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, Michael really needs to... Watches Girl, hygiene or, or the hygiene of his partners. Michael picks the worst men. <laughs> yeah. Damn, his radar is off. Well, we better go get doctor checked right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They better be having like regular checkups. Yeah. So back at Melanie and Lindsay's house, uh, Melanie is ready to celebrate being a, a parent. And so she comes in, you know, and um, she's showing off her, you know, very nice body. Um which for, was very nice for Lindsay, and uh, you know she's like, "Hey, we finally got this, you know, kind of in the bag." Brian's gonna sign the papers, and then Lindsay says, "Well, I'm sure it wasn't easy, you know, on Brian giving up his rights." And Melanie said he didn't seem to care, and Lindsay says, "Well, um, he loves him," and she says, "I'm sure that he cared, you know, more than more than he thought, probably." And then Melanie says, well, Gus is finally ours, both of ours. And so Melanie's in celebration mode. Uh-huh. Lindsay's kind of in mourning mode because she's thinking about her friend. And it's just. Girl, you know how I feel. <laughs> I mean, you should be celebrating. OK, yes. Well, like you said before, they should have chose a different um, donor. Yeah. They should have chosen a, a different donor because the history between Lindsay and Brian clearly is still there. Right. And at least for Lindsay. It, yeah, at least for Lindsay. And I think the reason why they chose him is because they thought Brian wouldn't give a damn. Well, yeah, that's definitely what Melanie was saying. I think that's probably what a bit, what ultimately got Melanie on board because uh if Lindsay was adamant that it was Brian or nobody, first of all, that should have raised a red flag, Facts. you know, because it definitely would have if I'd been in that situation. I'm like, why are you so darn? If you want a child with him, go be with him. Exactly. <laughs> so I would have had some issues with that. But I think what ultimately got Melanie on board is that Brian's selfish. He doesn't care about anybody. Ain't no way he would slow down his lifestyle mm-hmm. being set of Liberty Avenue to raise a kid. So Melanie was probably like, okay, it'll be Let's no big thing. It. Especially because we find out that they already had this conversation. Mm-hmm. Brian's going to sign his rights away. You know, everything's going to be fine. But um, none of it happened like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I wonder if Brian signed the birth, the birth certificate. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. He must have if they're... Uh, well, you don't have to. No, you don't have to. But if he's having a sign over rights, um, yeah. rights mm-hmm. then he must have. He must appear some... Yeah, I bet. I'm sure but, Lindsay insisted that he get yeah, seriously, that. knowing her, she yeah, probably did. Because, uh, don't leave yet. Yeah. He's here. Sign yeah, this. it's a little more to... Yeah. Uh, Lindsay. Like, I want to yeah. believe the best about Lindsay because I do... There is, I am happy that Brian has Lindsay and Michael as friends, but there are some questionable things about Seriously, Lindsay sometimes. Though, it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. I'm just, she makes me mad. I mean, she. I know she's a, a great person. She yeah. really is. But I always feel like she puts her actual relationship on back burner. All of them do this. They all make Brian priority. Right. So. Yeah. And probably because he does have like a needy kind of person in some ways you know he is that person who acts so like i don't need anybody but but with certain friends he is kind of needy with them you know and so they they're used to kind of taking care of him absolutely um but anyway so 
Lindsay is able to kind of put that out of her mind. Melanie helps her with that. <laughs> um, and uh, we get to see them just be two women, two lovers mm-hmm. in this scene, you know, as the song Down and Dirty by uh, <laughs> the Shannon McNally plays here. And so they've been in mom mode this whole episode okay. and a lot of the other episodes. But here they just get back to being two lovers. Um, and Mel comments that she's missed you know, kind of miss that mm-hmm. about them. So. Because, you know, having a child and then a whole career, you know, your relationship can take a toll. Yeah. You know, and you kind of miss those honeymoon stages, you yeah. know, and those little bitty intimate, you know, encounters and little details that go into relationships. So finally they had a time to actually have some me time or some us, we time, I should say. Yeah. And um, it was really good to see them connect in that way. Yeah. Um, so then Brian, we see Brian and he's walking down the road and he's headed somewhere that is unfamiliar to us because it's not Liberty Avenue. It's not colorful enough. Mm. <laughs> and also, but with Brian, his posture is a little different. His walk is a little different. Uh-huh. His normal like strut isn't there. And um, so then he comes up to this place and you see him. He even kind of like rolls his neck a little bit, almost kind of like, here we go, mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. bracing himself for where he's going. And when he gets in there, we meet uh, Jack Kenny, and he says, you know, hi, Pop. And um, Jack tells him, say hi to the guys. And he says, hi, guys. <laughs> but Brian's behavior is just very submissive. Uh-huh. Um, like, he tells him to do something, he does it. Yep. His head's kind of down. He averts his eyes. Just kind of like everything about Brian is very off. Um and then the other thing is he calls him Sonny Boy, which we know is what Brian calls Gus. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally here and there he's called Justin that too. <laughs> but um, so they're going to to the bar. He asks Brian what he'll have to drink. And Brian says a beer is good. And then Jack goes over to the bartender and he's like a couple of your best scotches. Uh-huh. And Brian just kind of looks at him like... But that's what his father does, undermines him constantly. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and then also like, you know, you're not going to pay for that. <laughs> kind of Facts. Because like, he already uh, told us he was having a bad day and well, looked well, on the side. Right. He, wasn't, he had a bad hand is what mm-hmm. he said. But then he just goes right into it. He says, well, how's that fancy job of yours? Kind of snapping his fingers. Almost like, oh, you must be Mr. Big Shot. Yeah, you got money. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then Brian's just like, the fancy job is fine. I'm not complaining. And then so... This was sad, though. This whole scene in this bar is very sad. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Jack says, we'll leave the complaining for the warden, talking about his wife or Mm -hmm. Brian's mother. And everything that's in Brian on Brian's face and in his posture just speaks more than any of his dialogue Mm -hmm. does. So that's just great acting. But, uh, But as even as Jack is talking about the warden or Brian's mom, Brian like turns his back to him and not because he's not listening, but also to like catch the blows with his back you know, uh-huh. so they don't hurt him. I as didn't much. catch. I mean, I catch it now. Yeah. And so it's just like, he's so used to that mm-hmm. from him. His body just mm-hmm. like muscle memory just automatically knows how right. to respond around him. Uh, Cause when you think about it, like everything that Brian thinks about being a man or being a father comes from Stems either mm-hmm. mimicking mm-hmm. Jack or trying to avoid being like Jack. Uh-huh. So that's why he's so screwed up. Right. Basically. Again, like Brian's not making much eye contact with his dad as he is listening to him. Well, so they get their drinks and Jack says, 
you can kind of whispers, well, I'm a little short this month. And you look at Brian's face and it's like, he oh, there it, it is. Yeah. yeah. He knew. He's like, I was wondering, you know, how long it was going to take this time. And then he, so he just immediately pulls out this uh, envelope. envelope of cash, mm-hmm. slides it over to him. And then Jack has the nerve to kind of look around and make sure nobody sees him taking yeah. this money from his son. And then he says, you know, I'm keeping track of every penny. He's like, yeah, I'm sure you yeah, are. Yeah, right. Sure you are. Yeah. Just everything about this, like I said. Is it was just, just sad. It's very sad. But we got to really see why Brian is Brian. So, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I can appreciate getting to see his family. And now we can see why Brian is so dismissive to everyone else around him. Yeah. And Jack says, you know, we're a lot alike, the two of us. And that is Brian's, like, biggest fear. He does mm-hmm. not want to be like his dad. But he agrees. Yeah, well, I think... It's sarcastic. Well, well I know. I think that he does agree because he feels like that's in his DNA. Mm-hmm. But he also knows that he doesn't want to be like that. Right. And that I think part of him feels like he doesn't have to right. be like that. Um, and so... Yeah, I think that's kind of, he's in between the two of those, Mm. like, am I just like my dad? Am I wired just like him? Right. You know, because he thinks that he may be. Yeah. So after Brian gives him the money, Jack says, you know, you're a good boy. And um, he tells him, you know, don't work too hard. You got to leave some time for the ladies. And Brian's like, oh, yeah, I always do. Two things. He called him boy. Mm -hmm. That's a full grown man. Yeah. You know, but that's why Brian never grew up. Yeah. You know, he's mm-hmm. still... Um, well, it's just a way to keep mind. that emotional control uh-huh. over him, you know, and keep him mm-hmm. down, keep him younger. Like, I don't care if you have more money than me. Like, mm-hmm. he's still, like, mm-hmm. finding ways I'm to get father, little jabs your boy, in. yeah. And then, you don't even know me, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, you know, after he says, leave time for the ladies, he says, don't let them tie you down. That's what they want. That's mm-hmm. all they want from you. And, you know, this is also why Brian says, I don't believe in love. It's just uh-huh. a an excuse straight people use um, because you know what Jack will go on to reveal like what happened is when you know I'm sure he was messing around with Brian's mom but then Uh like when she got pregnant it was like well I've got to marry her exactly and so yeah it's like there was no love at that point it was just kind of obligation then this is where he tells Brian you know you and me are a lot alike and Jack almost says it with pride but Brian admits to it and he despises that he doesn't like it uh but jack says we weren't meant to settle down you should have never he says i look at myself and say you know you jack you should have never been a family man he's saying this to his son that's so hurtful yeah it's like i never should have been with your mom i never should have had you you? like Like, yeah that's a horrible thing so jack kenny is dead to me too yeah he's buried right beside craig taylor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean mm-hmm. but he and he's doing it with a fucking smile at least craig was up has a reason to be upset yeah this man is a lunatic yeah well he yeah he is just these are sometimes the worst kind of abusers the ones who do it in that way i mean mm-hmm. he's saying that he's not yelling at him no, as he's saying calm. it he's very calm and he, yeah talking to him like you know these are appropriate things for me to say right. to you, you know? And so as you imagine hearing that as a kid, this person who's an authority figure who's supposed to love you. And that's what they're saying to you. And they're not saying in a way that uh, is threatening. And so imagine as a kid hearing that over and over, just like what mm-hmm. that does to you. Well, we get to see it because that's why Brian has all these issues anyway. So uh, Jack says, you know, you're a smart kid. You should have figured it out by now. Basically saying, I only stay with your mom because she got pregnant with you yeah Yeah. 
and I had to like a shotgun wedding. And so Brian walks off and Jack kind of raises funny boy. Then he says, um, you know, won't you stay and have a drink? And at first he says it like it's a question, but he yeah. says it again. And it's like a command no, at that uh-huh. point. Um, the new, the look on Brian's face, there's a little bit of residual fear in his eyes. Like, mm-hmm. I think he knows at this point, wouldn't try to right. hit me, or at least he shouldn't because he's old and I'm young. <laughs> so, but there's still a little bit of that fear in him. And it's almost like he's a little paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And then he just complies. He does yeah, what his dad tells him to. Mm-hmm. That he always wants the acceptance from his father. Yeah. You know, that want to be noticed. That recognition. Uh, so then... Back at Emmett's house, he is deleting uh, Pit 6-9. And um, this is kind of what happens with some people when they get caught up in the life that they live online, you know? Um, So they go into his, like, cyberspace world or whatever, and they just get kind of crazy at that part. But what he's telling Emmett, he says, well, you don't exist here. You have to talk through me. Uh And so I think that's something that that statement is a lot broader, a lot bigger, has a lot more meaningful than what, you know, appears on just in just that scene. He's just saying when you create a life behind behind a screen like this, then it's no longer you. It's wow. somebody else at that point. And so, well, I think it's like um, then it's not really you. And so if you want to experience this, then go out and experience it. True. And so they have the little um, the little interaction with the surfer dude and he has the the typo that kind of snaps Emmett out of that world a little bit that was hilarious yeah <laughs> but then also he meets the guy that he has been uh chatting with this whole time mm-hmm. and he kind of becomes like they call it a textrovert a person who you can speak your mind as long as you're doing it behind a screen uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? and so he asks him for his address uh and so I think that's you know, that prompting to say, okay, be you. Don't uh-huh. live vicarious. Don't live through someone else. Just be you. you. If you want to go meet the guy, go meet the guy as you, Emmett. And he's like, fuck it. You're either going to like me or you're not. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> I want to get laid. I'm going for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so back at Dr. David's house, the party is over in <laughs> more ways than one. And Michael kind of feels like he blew it and like he just doesn't fit in. And so he doesn't even stay the night. He just kind of runs away. He's like, oh, uh-huh. I forgot my clothes at home for work. You know, I forgot my work clothes. So he just leaves. It's like, I'm going to go home. Just too much in his head, you know? Like, Dr. David was totally fine. Even mm-hmm. if it was a complete failure, Doctor, da- it didn't change how Dr. David felt about Michael. Not at all. So I mean, even exposing his friends, like, you gave me crabs, which means you slept <laughs> with one of his friends. Right. You know? Yeah, and because Eddie was looking like he didn't know yeah. that Javier had this going on. Exactly. So, I mean... David loves him, yeah. You know? But Michael lives in his head too much, yeah. And he's actually gonna blow it if yeah. he keeps doing that, yeah. Own worst enemy. <laughs> so then Emmett shows up to see use my whole twenty seven, and when he opens the door, we actually see that he's the big beefy top. Uh huh. <laughs> the know? roles are reversed. Yeah, and so both of them have been pretending to be something that they weren't, but it gives them an opportunity. To, to connect. To connect and to kind of explore that mm-hmm. together. Like, hey, you understand where I'm coming from. I understand where you were coming from. Right. And so they get to connect based on mm-hmm. that. Uh, and then Emma immediately snaps into character. And I, I love that <laughs> about him. Um, so after that, 
um, at Michael's apartment, someone is at the door and he thinks it's Emmett, but he opens the door and it's Brian. And the only thing he says is, hey, sonny boy. And Michael immediately knows. Yeah, it's familiar. Yeah. He automatically knows what's up. He says, oh, you went to see your dad. Mm-hmm. And so that is... um is a sad moment, but also it speaks a lot about their friendship. Yeah. And just like how long they've been friends and the depth of their friendship. Yeah. Like you were saying, and Brian is like totally wasted and we've seen Brian be drunk. We've seen him be high, but usually that's when he was just having fun. But this is not a fun kind of drunk. This is a sad kind of drunk for him. Yeah. This is a totally different kind. And so, you know, he's talking about sports and Michael, you know, because he's used to this, He's just kind of like, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, that sounds great. But he just undresses him, puts him to bed, because you know that Michael has done this before, and more than once, you know. Um, this probably started, like, now that we know a little bit of how Brian grew up with an alcoholic father, an abusive father, this probably started when they were 14, right. you know, Brian retreating over to the Novotny's house. After having a horrible night with his with his dad, and I love that um, Michael doesn't ask any questions. Right. I mean, he's there for his friend. Just comforts him, holds him, just let him sleep, and yeah. you know, just yeah. There for he him. just automatically knows what to do. He's like, "All right, come over here, get in bed, let's take your shoes off, let's get you, let's mm-hmm. get you covered up." You know, yeah. It just seems so. It's sad that it seems so routine and so normal, uh-huh. but um, you just see another side of their friendship because. You know, we know all the unhealthy parts of their friendship, but this is the side where we see Michael comfort him. And this is it's, this is not comfort like a lover. This is more mm-hmm. like a brother. It is. Uh, yeah. A true to friend. Him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Caring. Yeah. Because even just the way he does it, you almost feel like that's what you would see a brother do to their little mm-hmm. brother. You know, just exactly. like, hey, our parents are arguing. Come over here with me. It'll be okay. You know, Absolutely. kind of thing. So I love that Brian knows that he can go there. Like that's not something he could have taken back to Justin mm-hmm. because they don't have that that the, history and that relationship. Exactly. They're just not at that point. And so I I love that he had Michael and could go to him in that moment. He says, Brian says, well, you know, you should have heard him. It's the same lines. It never changes. And um, Michael says you know well that's all he is that's all he can be and when brian hears him say that brian thinks well if my dad and i are alike if we're so much the same then that applies to me too and that's when you see brian the tears start coming at that point because he's like maybe that is true because at first i thought that jack had called brian and invited him to come so i think that he walked over there on his own just to see his dad because i think there's a part of him that's like maybe maybe today he maybe could be better you know maybe today might be different and so even though he just told justin you need to give up on your dad quit expecting him to change and to be good he's still going out to check and see because i think he just had to see for himself if there was any change or if there was any chance that jack might resemble something that's like a decent father not even a good father but could you be a decent father and he was immediately met with no and so yeah he felt like that applied to him uh so to kind of lighten things up and i'll say this really quick another reason that i'm glad that they went so fantastical and theatrical with emmett's storyline because brian's is so heavy and kind of dark uh in this episode that we needed to have a similar theme, but told in a much lighter way. 
Uh, so anyway, uh, Emmett comes strolling through Babylon as um, the song Don't You Think I'm Sexy is playing. And it's clear that Emmett has had a good time when while he was out with Mr. Uh, Use My Whole 27. <laughs> He had a brand new walk. His, his yeah. Was mm-hmm. He had a stride with him. He was feeling himself. <laughs> yeah. And so he's talking to Ted and Ted clearly thinks he's high. Um, but he does motivate Ted to go after the guy that he's been staring at for hours. For three hours. Yeah. Staring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, well, go on and do something about it then. <laughs> you know, kind of bosses him around. So, yeah, I like that. And we got a little bit of confidence from that. So back at Melanie and Lindsay's house, Brian has showed up to sign the paperwork. And I'll just say, I don't think this is the legal process for um, like <laughs> usually there are courts yeah, involved. Courts. Yeah. But anyway, I'm going to let them have this. But still, <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to let them have it. So Brian is sitting there and they have the papers in front of him. And at first it's like, well, I need a pen. Like give him a pen. It's like, well, there's no ink. And so it's just like stalling. stalling. Yeah. Well, then so Gus is there and he's kind of fussy. And so Brian looks over at him and Mel is trying to shush him because she can see that Brian's wavering. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that he does love his son. And uh, also, like we talked about with Emmett, just like there's a part of him. Like they always say Brian's a jerk. He doesn't care about anybody. He doesn't love anybody. But Brian knows that inside of him, there is a part of him that does care about people, that does want to love people, that doesn't want to be like his dad, you know? Absolutely. And so just like Emmett was exercising a part of himself that he doesn't use very often, that people don't believe is there, you know, Brian's doing the same thing. And so he picks up Gus from his little car seat and he says, well, I changed my mind. And Lindsay says, you know, Brian, please don't do this to us because she it's like, look, Brian, we already talked about this. In fact, Melanie says well, we had an agreement. And Brian says, well, Gus didn't exist then. And I think it's because, you know, he was just a, a thought or a theory at that point. But now right. here he is flesh and blood. And he immediately that first night had a connection with him. And so he says, yeah, I know, but you know, giving up my kid is, mm-hmm. is wrong. You know, I'm not going to do that. You know, I am too. Yeah. Cause what he's saying there is like, I'm not Jack. I don't have to be like Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not going to become him. And I want to give, you know, I give Brian credit for this, but I also kind of want to give Justin some uh, credit on this, because he did because Justin sees into Brian. He sees mm-hmm. past that facade, you know, uh-huh. and past this image that he projects out there. And he was like, no, I know that you care a lot more mm-hmm. than you let on, yeah, you know. Uh, you can pretend to be nonchalant about mm-hmm. it, but but I know the truth. And so I do think that I know that Brian wanted to keep his rights to right. Gus, but I do think that if it weren't for Justin saying what he said and challenging him on it, that Brian might you know, he might have just shown up inside him. Now, I'm not saying that I think he was right for for not signing them because the, you know, Lindsay and Melanie are right. They did have an agreement that this is how it was going to go. And so because of that, you know, Brian should have signed the papers. But I will say that he shouldn't sign them for th- this reason. Like it should be, he needs to come to terms with how he's going to, 
how to love this kid and know he can be a right. part of this kid's life and not just do it because, you know, they threw papers in front of him. Correct. You know, he needs to know that he's making um, a decision with his head, with his heart, yeah. you know, all of that. So Michael is working out at the gym by himself this time. And Dr. David shows up and they both want to talk. They keep talking over each other, apologizing over each other. And they see the same issues with their relationship, but they come up with two very different conclusions. Michael says, I think we should break up. And Dr. David says, I was going to ask you to move in and the episode ends just like that <laughs> with um, the song, Dr. Dr. Bad Case of Loving You playing. Um, it's, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it, every, it seemed like things were going well or could go well, but it's Michael, Michael it's has almost, enemy. yeah, he's like about to prematurely pull the plug on this relationship. So we'll have to see what happens with that I next know. time. Oh, God. And they, they, they're wrong for leaving it like that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, I am dying to know. Normally it kind of ends like it just fades out. Mm-hmm. This one is like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. What happens? Mm-hmm. God. Yeah, it, was, it was a good episode. It was. It, yeah. It was, it was. And what's wild about this episode is it can seem, because it uh, focused around Brian, Michael, and Emmett and what mm-hmm. they had going on. And it could seem like three very disconnected um, storylines. Yeah, but they all had a, a common theme um, because Brian, Emmett, and even Michael to a certain degree are all dealing with this issue of, well, this is kind of yes. who I am and who I've always been, but there is something inside of me that kind of contradicts that. Mm-hmm. And I would like to explore that a little bit, nice. you know? Mm-hmm. And so Emmett leaned into his and, you know, went and met up with the guy. Mm-hmm. Brian ultimately leans into his, mm-hmm. but Michael is not. At <laughs> least he hasn't just yet. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good episode. Yeah, very good. And just sets up a lot for, you know, to dig into on the next mm-hmm. one. So be sure you check that one out. Absolutely, guys. And as we always say, we're very thankful to have you guys mm-hmm. uh, for tuning in, listening to us. Without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. We want you guys to definitely give us feedback. We also want you to join us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, leave yeah. us comments. Just Send us an email, libertydinerdish at gmail.com. Also, you can go to our website, libertydinerdish.com, and uh, click the Contact Us tab. That comes directly to uh, Ken and I. So, yeah. Absolutely, guys. I mean, we're just very thankful. And um, we just want to say this has been a wonderful episode. And until next time, we are out. Bye. Bye. Bye.